Hello, and welcome to the Lake Forest Church Huntersville Sermon Podcast. We are a community of skeptics, spiritual explorers, and longtime followers of Christ. To learn more about who we are as a church and how you can get connected, visit lakeforest.org. What a great sight that is. Thank you, Aaron. Again, I'm Mike Moses, pastor of Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. We love sharing this online worship with Lake Forest Church, Huntersville, and Lake Forest Church, Westlake. I also want to say hello to friends and family of our church tribe, both locally and around the nation, some of our own tribe dispersed around the world. Uh, We love you. We're glad you're here with us. And hey, kids in the room, I see... I see you, so hello. And kids, little kids, could you help me out by saying, hello, Pastor Mike, hello, Pastor Aaron, real quick. Could you do that? Could you say, hello, Pastor Mike, hello, Pastor Aaron? All right, I hear you. And teenagers, we have a bunch of teenagers here. I see you too. Teenagers, I was thinking that if I was you, I'd be monetizing the, the uh, stay-at-home order. Like every time an adult in your home asks you for tech help, Like when your mom asks you how to sign into Zoom, when mom asks you how to repost a meme, when mom says, can you help this webcam make me look skinnier? You need to get paid, okay? You're welcome for that. I'm just trying to think like a teenager. Now, our question with you, we have a simple question today live. We're going to be worshiping live. Our simple question, how can you and I live as people of hope today? Not any other day, this day in this time. We're seeing a lot of reactions, reactions like panic, apathy, blame, or almost like a flippant denial, even out of Christians' mouths, if you've heard that. But has anyone seen hope rising to the surface? Does hope mock people in their worry? Does hope ignore the request of health officials and just be like, hey, quit making such a big deal out of it? Does hope live in fear and say, oh, no, it's the end of the world? The sky is falling. How can we be people who bring hope to the world, even as we live out hope within ourselves right now? Now, let me be sure you understand, it's intellectually dishonest and emotionally unhealthy for us to deny what's happening around us. I want to be sure you understand there's a difference between denial and hope. We're called to live with hope because of our faith, But we are not called to deny the reality of our world. Schools are shut down. Non-essential businesses are shut down. Many of you are not only having to work from home and keep your boss happy and show activity, but you've also now become a third-grade teacher. And you're the chief apologist for why you can't go to Chuck E. Cheese's today the way you normally do. More seriously, all of us are under severe threat economically and health-wise. Where does hope show up in that? Well, we need a kind of hope that withstands the unsteadiness of these days. We need a hope that shines as a signal fire, a beacon fire to others. And if you'll forgive my Tolkien reference, a signal fire like the one from Gondor saying to all free peoples, hey, we've got this, we're on this, we'll stick together and come out of this. And the good news is we as Christians, we have such a hope an unmoving point of reference, and it shines as a signal fire to others. 
It's the person of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the work of Jesus on the cross and through his resurrection, which we will celebrate on Easter, revealing who God is to us. An early Christian leader who was living in a very tough time, a time of persecution, wrote it this way in the New Testament book of Hebrews 6, verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the veil. You see, Jesus is the anchor, giving us hope in such times. You know why? Because God is no longer an inscrutable mystery in his quantum dimension behind the veil of our three-dimensional reality. In Jesus, God walked right out from behind the veil and said, Yoo-hoo! Hey, I'm right here! <laughs> and when God visited our planet as the God-man, Jesus, he was a gift of God to us. It was a gift given through the agency of Israel and the Jewish people for which we are thankful. But it was given to all humankind to redeem us, to love us, to show us who God is and give us hope as an anchor for your soul, children, teenagers, and adults. And Christians right now have a chance to live with the kind of hope that comes when you know your boat has a firm anchor in the storm. And if you're with us today and you feel unanchored, adrift, tossed around in this storm, and you're looking for an anchor, and that may be part of what brought you to our worship service today, I want to gently, 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 but directly point you to Jesus, to trust Jesus as your, as your God and as your hope. See, here are three reasons God became the man Jesus. First of all, to tell us, hey, God is love. Would you shout that to the people in the room with you right now? Jesus said this directly. God is love. Say it. Jesus, God became Jesus to say that to us. But he also became Jesus to show us through his actions, God is love. And then he came to act out the fact that God is love. Self-giving love by dying an atoning, representative death for us on the cross and resurrecting from the dead three days later to defeat death, suffering, and tears. And Jesus' revolution of love began that day, the first Easter, and it continues now by all who follow Jesus, you and me, friends. And that mission of love will be made complete at Jesus' promised return when he promises to make all things new. This is the hope that anchors the soul firm and secure. And his promise is made secure by the documentation of his life and the historicity of his resurrection. Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the veil. This, the hope that anchors us it's not, something, it's not a philosophy. It's not an attitude. It's not an emotion. Our hope that anchors us is not a mere system of what's right and wrong. The hope that anchors us is not in captivity to any paltry human political party. The author means that the hope that anchors our soul is a person. And no, our hope is not our new, in the person of our new national treasure, Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> the national director of uh, infectious diseases. He served under six presidents. 
Man, I think Dr. Fauci is giving Tom Hanks a run for the most trusted dad-like guy in America. I just love that guy. <laughs> I want to be like him. The hope that anchors our soul is a person, and that person is Jesus. Because the second part of the verse says that hope enters the inner sanctuary behind the veil. You see, in the Judaism of Jesus' day, that's the description of the Holy of Holies in their temple of worship where nobody could enter because that's where God's holy fire of his presence is. But Jesus opened the veil and he brought the Holy of Holies out in the open to everyone who has eyes to see and ears to hear. Jesus is the hope to anchor you and me. I invite you, Christian, to anchor your hope securely in Jesus again. I invite you, if you're a spiritual explorer, kicking the tires of what it means to be a spiritual person in the way of Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus and, and try out trust in Jesus. So how to live with hope right now? Well, what I've basically been saying for us, number one, is to anchor your hope in Jesus. How? By spending extra time in the Bible at this time. Are you looking to recalibrate your world during this time? Like you're wrestling with your emotions and your thoughts and it's just swirling all around you or it's so quiet that you've sunk into yourself. Recalibrate your world with a bigger, stable picture of things by spending extra time in God's Word, the Bible. It's the Hebrew Testament, which Christians call the Old Testament, and the New Testament. And we want to follow Jesus to take on Jesus' beliefs, Jesus' worldview, Jesus' ethics, Jesus' practices, and that takes immersion in the Scriptures. And I can point you to no better thing today. And I hope in the coming days you will do something to get to know God's Word better than you do right now. Because years from now, here's what's going to happen. We're all going to look back on this time, and we're going to remember what we did Teenagers, there's going to be a day decades from now. You'll be an old grandma or an old grandpa, and you'll be like, well, kids, here's what I did during the great pandemic of 2020. Hey, and hear me, we will look back because this will end. This will end. There's going to be another side to it. But, but how will we look back? Wouldn't it be something if years from now, you and I look back, and instead of remembering, well, that was the time I grew one pant size bigger every week because of stress eating, because that's kind of me so far, I'm trying to get out of that. But what if instead of that, we remembered, oh, that was the time, the season of my life, I dug into God's Word. I grew spiritually from where I was to a new place, and I began to understand new things. And I began to be able to point to God's bigger picture and wisdom even to other friends of mine. What if that is your season? That's what I want for me, friends, in the way of Jesus. That's what, he was immersed. He was drenched in God's word for him. And it came out of him naturally. And I want that for you and me. What if that's what we remember? Now, if you're new in your faith or you're inquiring into the Christian faith, start by reading the Gospels. Just do that. Don't start in Deuteronomy or Leviticus or even Genesis. Just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then rinse, repeat. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Just get to know Jesus. There's no better thing to do. And if you email us, we'll send you a self-study version to help you out with that. 
Hey, if you, we have a lot of leaders in this church. Man, the North Charlotte area and, and the Westlake area is like high leadership quotient of people in their professions and their lives. And there's a lot of leaders who are leading others and shepherding others at Lake Forest Church. And so if you are, are leading a small group of people at Lake Forest to study the Bible and pray for one another, please reach out and convene that group by video. Chive on, man. As a group leader, uh, don't succumb to online meeting fatigue for work and school and neglect to join with others to study God's Word online. In fact, the community group that Angie and I are part of, we're not the leaders of it. I love when our group leader leads us in Bible study. We started a new Bible study of the book of James last Monday night online. Let me show you a picture. This is what our community group looked like. Angie and I were just propped up in our bed and those are our dear, dear friends. I love those people to death. And normally our community group only meets every two to three weeks, but we realize we need each other and to study God's word weekly during this time. So we're actually stepping up our meetings. So, so hey, email us right this second if you're not a part of a group and you need a group to study God's word with, because that's what we do. We gather people. That's who we are. And that's what the church provides. We connect people to then peer disciple one another by studying God's Word together and caring for one another. Hey, if you're in your 20-ish years, we, uh, at Lake Forest Church Huntersville, we have a Tuesday night group just for you. I was in their online meeting uh, meetup last Tuesday night. It was outstanding. Show up for your first time. Email us, and we'll send you the link. Teenagers, Lake Forest Church Westlake Remix and Lake Forest Huntersville Remix, they're having online gatherings to anchor your soul firm and secure in Jesus through learning God's Word. So Lake Forest, here's a picture of Remix Online happening last Sunday night. I think this is Huntersville. It was like a big ton of people <laughs> worshiping online. And then they broke into chat room groups, small groups by grade uh, and gender. Like, just chive on, man. Keep leading your groups and keep being a part of the groups and jump in if you're not a part of a group. Because teenagers, you can grow spiritually during this time. You know, eighth grade is when I first took my youth pastor seriously, and I was like, well, if Jesus read his Bible and memorized it and spent time praying every day, I guess I should too. As a little Mikey in the eighth grade, that's when I started having time alone in prayer and Bible study daily. Man, I grew like a weed during those years. That can be you. Single adults, please email us to be part of an online check-in and Bible study group if you're not part of one. Okay, parents of children. There's, some of you are not parents of children, but some of you are. Let's address you directly. You know what would be a life-changing result? I'm, I, I am not lying. I exaggerate a lot, but right now I'm not. This would be life-changing as a result of this time of home, at home. Parents, if you push and challenge yourself to get over the hump of being intimidated about reading the Bible and praying with your child. We, we've sent you our ParentQ app. We've sent you a link to content video and you've probably got a children's Bible at home, hey, you've got this, parents. you got this. You can shepherd them even better today. But I can hear you. Pastor Mike, my name's Fred. I'm, I'm a scared to talk about Jesus and the Bible with my kids because I don't know everything about it. Well, if they ask me a question, I don't know. Well, Fred, me too. I'm scared to talk about the Bible to you, the congregation, every week because I don't know everything about it either, okay? And yet, it's so important, so I do it. Fred, you can too. Well, yeah, Pastor Mike, this is Fred again. What if they ask me something hard like, 
If God is all-powerful, can he create a rock so big he can't lift it? Well, Fred, then here's what you say directly. Fools have asked asinine questions like that ever since we've lived in caves as a species. But we are going to read about Jesus right now and learn about God from his direct revelation. This is your time, parents. God has appointed you as the primary shepherd of your child's heart. And God's word is the only resource you need. We're here to assist you, and we will coach you. But you've got this. You can do this. And so that when you store up God's word as the anchor around Jesus in your child's soul, then they are not vulnerable to the virus of fear that's in our culture today and will be there next year and every year of their adult life. You can inoculate them now by anchoring their hope in Jesus, firm and secure, by reading God's word with your child in this time. Okay, okay. Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike. This is starting to sound really religious. You pastor guys are always like, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. Can you tell me something practical and like normal life-ish? This is the most practical thing for moment-by-moment living that I can tell you today. That's why this message is like super simple, okay? I don't need my doctorate (laughs) to preach this message today. Because the Bible cements in your soul Jesus as your hope as you take on God's world view and bigger picture. And it's so important because you know why else? It won't be, it's not just important for today, but for the rest of your life. Because you know what else? Because on a good day, even before this pandemic, you and I are going to have some trouble. Even on a good day. Jesus told us this, in fact. John 16, Jesus said, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And some of you right now are facing real trouble. And we don't want to be those who look away from it or minimize it. That's the truth. Most, if not all of us, are experiencing different forms of loss right now. Some of you, and and for me this week, (laughs) some of you, it's the loss of having an in-person birthday party. Kids, some of you couldn't have friends over to celebrate your birthday. I'm sorry that that was a little sad for you. Uh, Some of you watching, you've already lost your job. That's scary. Some of you are experiencing the loss of being able to be with and care for loved ones or friends. Most of us feel the loss of certainty about the future economically and worried about how we'll make it through. And those are legitimate, truthful thoughts. And many of the younger millennial generation are fearful, frankly, about the loss of opportunity for for five to ten years. That threatens their whole career. Business owners, business leaders, you're already stretched to make decisions in payroll anyway. And now you're fighting for your business and for your employees' economic well-being. So even if you personally are like the one person not feeling very much loss right now, Let's take the truth of our shared situation seriously and look it in the eye. And this is directly why we need to anchor our soul on Jesus, by constantly getting his big picture from the Bible and storing it in your heart. And let's tell each other another truth. This will come to an end. Our economy will either roar back like a tidal wave or it'll trickle back like when the Catawba River first filled up Lake Norman when the dam was built at Cowan's Ford. But it will come back. It always has. That's also clear-eyed truth and fact. This too shall pass, including 
the stress of some of you have from working from home and trying to level up to expert at homeschooling all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> I heard that one uh, newly homeschooling parent posted this comment on social media, quote, homeschooling not working, two students suspended for fighting, and the teacher was fired for drinking on the job. <laughs> End of quote. <laughs> These are legitimate circumstances into which we can make choices that anchor us as people of hope, and then we spread it to others. He will fill. And I want to encourage you to be a person of hope grounded in the Bible in a different way also. Don't be afraid to, to pray big prayers right now. Pray about your future, man. Pray about your dreams, because there's no reason to think this is the end of the world. See, there's no reason to think this is the end of the world. We'll come out of this. So tell yourself and God that by praying about your future dreams, not just your fear. Co-imagine with God in prayer the future you are dreaming of in your work, in your character, in relationships, in travel, in feasting with friends again. Pray big dreams with God about rocking next year's grade in school. Pray big dreams with God about rocking your retirement. Co-imagine with God your future big time right now in prayer and by so doing. He will fill you with hope and peace with Jesus as your anchor. See, even though Jesus said, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble even on a good day. In John 16, 33, he continued that thought. Quote, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so we immerse in God's word to see Jesus clearly. We, we hear him promise his presence, and we're forthright about the trouble that we're in. And then we look at Jesus as our anchor again and take heart, because Jesus has overcome and will overcome. Now, as we head for home here, I, I'm, and I'm really excited to hear the announcement from Pastor Aaron about Westlake's Rooted Campaign in just a moment. Uh, how to live with hope right now, number one, anchor your hope in Jesus, spending extra time in the Bible. Number two, deepen your hope in Jesus by connecting consistently with others in the church. God's given you and I another resource for hope. It's this thing we call church. We see when you follow Jesus, you become a part of his community called the church. The word church in the Bible, it just means a gathering or a congregating of people. And following Jesus into his spiritual life is not a solo sport, it's a team sport. Doing life with others. And you know, the church has been through worse times in history, and it hasn't just survived, it has prevailed. And it will be the same today. Jesus made this promise to his followers in Matthew 16, 18. I tell you, you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. There is no force, there's no evil, there's no disease that can silence or conquer what God is doing through his people in this world. And you're part of that. Connect to your church. There's no pandemic or persecution, no shutdown, no economic turndown that will have the last word. Because Jesus says he will build his church and his people to be his body in this world. His presence activated in real time and history. Take up your place together in God's story of redemption, even in our day. Because when Jesus said, I will build my church and it will prevail, guess what? Children, teens, and adults, you need to know this. That is exactly what has happened for 2,020 years. 
See, to the point where the church today is literally, actually, factually the most culturally diverse and largest movement in global human history. Jesus did not lie, and he has been at work. He is still at work. Now, the world's largest group, the Christian church, actually has a lot in common with the world's largest living organism. I want you to take just a second at home and discuss this question. What do you think is the biggest living thing on earth? Give your answer out loud at home. Do, 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 do. Don't stop believing. Okay. The world's, the, the, the kids, here's what the biggest thing is on the planet. The largest animal on the planet, if you answered a whale, you're correct. It's a blue whale. It weighs up to 150 tons, bigger than even the biggest dinosaur that ever walked the earth. But the biggest single living organism is actually a single beautiful aspen tree in the state of Utah that has been named by scientists as pando, which is Latin for I grow. Pando weighs 6,000 tons, 40 times a blue whale. Let me show you some video of this, this tree called pando. It weighs 6,000 tons, 40 times a blue whale. But if you go to see pando in this forest in Utah, you won't find one single aspen tree. You'll see hundreds of trees, all connected, sharing the same DNA, covering 106 acres. Parts of pando are actually 80,000 years old. It began with one tree. It shot sprouts underground, and then other trees began to sprout. But they're one tree. They're so interconnected, their leaves change color and fall at exactly the same time. And when one tree in this forest is sick, the other trees send nutrients through the roots to that tree. Now, back to me. That is nature's picture of the church, those who follow Jesus. Right now, it feels like we're separated from one another, but we're not. The very Spirit of God that lives within us has connected us in deep and mysterious ways. It's a connection that's available to us. And if you're a Christian or an inquirer into the way of Jesus, lean into it. Uh, when the writer of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament says we must not give up meeting together as Christians, that's a big deal. And you know what? I cannot wait for the Sunday when we're physically together again, uh, both at Lincoln Charter Elementary School and here on our campus on Gilead Road. And I was trying to think how I'm going to feel on that day when we're back together in worship, and I think it's best expressed this way by Chris Farley. <laughs> if you know me, that's pretty much how I'm going to be that day. Aaron, I think you will be that way as well. It's going to be so awesome that a few of you Lake Norman guys who your worship posture, <laughs> that's me and Aaron, Aaron, if we, if we meet together. It's going to be so awesome that some of you guys whose worship posture is usually Lego man holding coffee cup, I bet some of you, like maybe just two, you're going to change your posture to six guns to Jesus on that day. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Hey, we're offering all kinds of ways to connect as a church. I don't need to belabor it. It's on your live stream feed there, and Aaron's already announced them. And so, so, so how to live with hope right now? Number one, anchor your hope in Jesus, spending extra time in the Bible. Number two, strengthen deep in your hope in Jesus, connecting consistently with others in your church. And number three, spread your hope in Jesus by loving and serving people well today. And in the meantime... We practice physical distancing, 
Out of love, not fear. Protecting the most vulnerable among us. Don't play loose with the rules. I can't think of a more Christ-like thing to do at this time than for the strong to protect the weaker. And our church, we're, we're pushing out to you many ways that we are serving, using resources that you give, and also ways that you personally can serve to represent the hope that is an anchor to our souls, firm and secure, the person and work of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, protect the most vulnerable among us from sickness and death. Lord, protect and encourage healthcare workers, police, EMTs, and other public servants on the front lines. We thank you for their service right now. Lord, would you give wisdom and collaboration among the leaders of this nation and all the nations? And God, would you move in a miraculous way that shows the world that it was you and only you? And Jesus, thank you that your promise is that you will be with us always, even to the end of the age. And I pray not just for the knowledge that you're with us always, but I pray for all my friends worshiping today for the experience, Jesus, that you are with us always. And it's your name we pray, amen.